Hey, Bob WP here, and welcome to Do the Boo, the WooCommerce Builder Podcast. This show is brought to you by MindSize.com, helping you to make your life easier with your client sites as their team will take care of those after-project worries with solid maintenance and optimization services. And the .store.com, where you'll find a variety of plugins to help you with that next client build. From extending products to custom shipping, they have you covered. We'll get a bit more into what our pod friends have to offer you as a builder. But let's jump into our continuing crypto and WooCommerce series. This time, Kathy, Brad, and Dave chat with Jonathan Wood from Haven. Now these days, you do not hear these two words together often, and that is crypto and regulatory. Well, you're going to hear it today. In fact, I can bet that when you walk away from this show, you'll have an entirely different view of just how regulations can play a huge part with crypto payments. Welcome to another episode of Do the Woo. This is the crypto edition, and we have a fun, exciting discussion here for you today. We're so excited to bring all of these interesting people and interesting projects that are happening in the crypto space and how those relate to WooCommerce payments and maybe even your storefront. I'm here with my host, co-host, Brad Williams. Brad, how are you doing today? Doing great. Looking forward to another another fun episode. I've been learning quite a bit on these shows. I know, seriously. And just the visionary projects that are coming to this space and what it means for Word- WordPress and WooCommerce stores. It's so exciting. I feel like we are at the start of a great new horizon. So exciting. And Dave, Dave from uh, WooCommerce is here with us too. You are, your title is actually, you're in charge of Web3 projects at WooCommerce. Is that what you're up to? Hi. Yeah. Hey, everyone. Um, Yeah. My title's Web3 lead, but don't read too much into that because you get to choose your own job title when you join Automatic. So um, I just thought that was a good one. But yeah, that I'm, is a good one. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically trying to figure out what are all the ways that our two technologies combine. So the crypto Web3 world and the, I guess, the old school Web2 open source WordPress and WooCommerce worlds and how we maneuver to make the best of that intersection and avoid some of the kind of potential risks and pitfalls that uh, might catch the unwary uh, by surprise. That sounds like a pretty easy goal. I mean. (laughs) Dead in my sleep. (laughs) Followed by a bunch of awkward silence. (laughs) (laughs) I think Web3 is trying to figure out what it is. And and we're just kind of following following along. So I'm really glad that you're here to help us guide us into this world as Web3 kind of lets us know what it's up to. And and we have a great guest with us here today. Jonathan Wood, you are with Haven. Um, thanks, first of all, for joining us here on Do The Woo. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about your background and Haven and just kind of kick it off of what what you're up to and, and we'll dive in on how that relates to WooCommerce in a bit. Sure, Kathy. Brad, thanks for having me. Um, Dave, welcome. So guys, uh, I'm going to try to keep it short. I've been told that I speak a hell of a lot and uh, um, it's, uh, it's, it's not always sense. So I'll try to keep it uh, concise. 
So in short, I'm Chief Commercial Officer of Haven. Um, I've been affiliated to the brand for close, close to three and a half years. Uh, officially um, employed approximately 14 months ago post uh, our Series A arranged um, at the end of 2021. The business is packed with traditional finance people, ex-investment bankers, ex-chartered accountants or current chartered accountants, ex-bankers of, of multiple different thoroughbreds, let's call it that. We try and emulate the JP Morgan Merrill Lynch type model. Uh, and what I mean by that is we very private bank focused in terms of we lead with regulation, we lead with service. We are regulated across four separate jurisdictions uh, globally. Um, well, three and a half, we are about to close our offshore uh, regulation in Switzerland. But Cayman Islands regulated. Uh, we are also uh, regulated Abu Dhabi uh, in the United Arab Emirates, as well as Oztrack in Australia. What this means for our clients is that a lot of the discomfort people may feel in the crypto realm, uh, we try and bring that comfort. So you can't necessarily regulate a token per se or the entire token ecosystem of 20,000 plus, uh, but you can definitely regulate the ecosystem that transacts with those tokens and how that uh, that transaction is executed. Haven on the one side of the business runs an OTC trading desk. We trade large volumes of uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, USDT, and USDC. We keep it simple. Um, we will be adding additional coins over the course of this year, but we cover the top 75% of market cap. Uh, and for voluminous trades of the size that we execute on that side, there's no real need to execute cross-border payments and uh, fiat in and, and crypto out or crypto in and fiat out. So our regulation provides us with global banking infrastructure. We bank across uh, America, uh, the Bahamas, Europe, uh, Australia, as well as the Middle East. Next to our OTC business is a custody business. So we're a regulated custodian of cryptocurrencies. Then we also have launched, officially launched our Haven Asset Management business. It's a very uncomplicated fund. We try and emulate uh, what you would call uh, probably the, the, the NASDAQ would be the, uh, the closest affinity. So we've got uh, 20 um, of the top coins by market cap. We've obviously excluded stable coins due to the fact that they're backed one-to-one -to, -one to the dollar, for example, and then other coins that are highly illiquid um, and wouldn't be good for our clients from an investment standpoint. So we've kept it simple, and we're looking to take that business and use elements of it uh, within our pay business. So the pay business came, a, came about approximately two years ago as a result of many of our clients executing large volume transactions wanting to entertain their smaller retail clients. So we started off a lot in the, the financial trading space and crypto was used as a, as a mechanism uh, for deposit uh, or withdrawal. However, the merchants still did not want to really touch crypto. They weren't sure, sure what it was uh, and they wanted normal fiat or US dollars settled into their bank account. As a result, we pivoted as a business on the one side and uh, we've now created what is termed Haven Pay. Uh, Haven Pay is a hugely simple um, crypto payment services provider that emulates very much existing um, service providers uh, such as WorldPay, for example. It's an API plugin directly onto a platform, be it e-commerce, be it financial trading, etc. Uh, alternatively, the product can be distributed uh, via a live payment link. So the end consumer simply plays with their cryptocurrency, but the merchant simply sees that as a foreign currency transaction. So they still receive normal money directly into their bank account. We are looking to, as the year progresses and as we move into 2024, crypto is simply an alternative payment method and we're not here to 
reinvent the wheel. So we're going to look to start distributing our product more and more uh, via exclusive partnerships with high-level acquiring banks, large uh, payment services providers out there in the industry, uh, as well as payment gateways. You've got gateways out there offering 600 different alternative payment methods, and uh, we would be I guess, somewhat naive to think that uh, the entire payment, trillion-dollar, multi-trillion-dollar payment industry is going to completely pivot to crypto. But the excitement that we've seen, not only in the cross-border space, but hugely within the e-commerce space and uh, FX and CFD trading from the deposit mechanism, uh, we large into the real estate industry, um, yacht charter, jet charter, hugely exciting. We're speaking massive affinity to higher net worth individuals uh, being willing to pay with crypto. But I foresee 12 months down the line that we'll be uh, paying for our coffee at Starbucks with, uh, with, with crypto on a daily basis as well. Long introduction, but uh, that's, that's the short of it. I mean, I, think, I would agree. That's probably a future that all of, at least the four of us on this show would, uh, would certainly like to see. And, and I, I agree. I think it's going to be more common, certainly in the near future. I think that the one thing that stood out as you're kind of describing, you know, the business and the different services is just the idea of regulation, like regulatory and crypto are like two words you don't normally hear together. Um, and I, I have a feeling I'd love to hear from you that this is opening the doors to people that maybe would be a little more reluctant to deal with crypto, maybe aren't as familiar with it, maybe not familiar at all. Um, but the idea of crypto is that it's, it's in most, a lot of people's minds, it's a little bit like the wild West. Like you can, you know, with all these big headlines, with FTX and others, um, and, and massive crashes that happen, having that kind of regulatory side to it. And like you said, coming from a kind of traditional banking world, um, it must be open the doors to people that wouldn't touch crypto otherwise. Is that what you're seeing? I think, Brad, to uh, to speak to um, probably what you're alluding to, uh, all the goings-on of last year, uh, the FTXs of the world, etc. That for us was somewhat exciting in the sense that it did 100% cement our business model. As I said, Haven's been going for close on four years as a concept and close on three years as a, as a business. But trying to sell regulation into a space that very much was the Wild West, uh, still is in portions, um, was quite tough up front. But seeing what happened last year and seeing what the lack of regulation can do to an industry is making us one of um, what I hope to see is one of the beacons of, uh, of, of regulation within cryptocurrency. It's hugely important for us to be able to sit in front of our clients and say, we're not only under the scrutiny of external regulators, but external auditors at the same time. We're currently going through our year-end auditors. We're using a company called BDO for it. They're one of the, uh, the the top five, so to speak, which is weird because the top four audit firms out there um, that are well-known globally still are apprehensive to touch it. So I think as regulation comes to the fore a lot more, that traditional sense of my bank is audited by Deloitte, PwC, and Ernst & Young also will come to the fore, and they'll have a lot more um, comfort in being able to audit our industry. Um, but it's nice to see that uh, smaller, more agile firms are already coming to the fore uh, and further proving that. So it's not just the regulation, it's the audit side of things. Uh, then also our systems are annually penetration tested. Um, which means that there's a further layer of, uh, of tech trying to sort of white hack your ecosystem. It's a multi-layer comfort that we give people just by regulating our business. There's so many boxes to tick with the regulator. That being said, regulation can be used in multiple ways. So you've got to do your research as well, much like the word organic from a food perspective sells you from a marketing standpoint. There are regulatory regions out there that are probably not as robust as others. So we've tried to uh, make sure that we've chosen the best. 
Um, we actually chose Abu Dhabi Global Markets, funny enough, at the stage in 2017. They had come up with one of the most robust, probably top, if not top three, uh, crypto regulatory frameworks globally. Um, and are hugely impressed with the progress that they've made in the industry. Um, and since that initial regulatory body was closed, we've now become what we term a, a global brand. Our chief technology officer sits in, Mel- officer sits in Melbourne, Australia, uh, and we've got uh, um, trade ops resources all the way through to Argentina with our CFO sitting in London. So it's multiple elements that regulation gives your business. Uh, and we've tried to be as normal about it as possible. We don't need to reinvent the way companies are structured, reinvent the way uh, proper compliance is managed. So these are all massive pillars of our business. And we've almost taken what banking has done when they do it properly for, for decades um, and replicated that as, as, as well as possible to provide the comfort. My last point is, I guess, often people say, well, how do I trust that you've got to pay me? How do I trust that you're going to confirm the deposit when it's, uh, when it's received? Well, that's why we regulation-led. We're trying to go through the same ethos as your salary goes into XYZ bank on a monthly basis. How are you still happy that that's going to be there when you want your Starbucks coffee tomorrow or want to pay your rent? So the similar ethos. I definitely can appreciate the transparency in that regard because I think a lot of the things that have happened in the crypto space, we have these companies that pop up and everybody's like, oh, that sounds like an exciting project. And to know that you have uh, pen, te- pen testing, that security is a very important concept and um, embraced by your organization, and that you are working with all of these uh, jurisdictions and really bringing forth regulation as a part of that. I think the fact that you're bringing all of that to the crypto space is so important, as we've seen with so many businesses having hacking um, happening successfully with so many businesses not having good uh, accounting practices, um, not being transparent about what they're doing with their funds. So that kind of transparency is something that I think is going to really help bring trust to organizations. And so I just wanted to highlight that because that's that's so important in this particular space when trust is um, trust is has been shaken by by some of the events. Um, so that's really exciting. Um, what did you when you came to the Woo space, Woo Commerce? Um, what what did you see there that was interesting for Haven? And um, what what exactly are you offering to Woo Commerce storefronts? Yeah, so Wu is the, uh, the premier name in, uh, in e-commerce globally, so it's a huge attraction from that standpoint. When you're partnering with the Nike or Adidas, uh, if I can use that comparison of, uh, of e-commerce, uh, it hugely elevates our brand. We knew that Wu were also focused on bringing on the right partners. By bringing on the right partners, we knew that when we came to the front door of Wu and knocked that the regulation-led approach matched what they wanted to do. I think somebody like Wu or a company like Wu launching and being a market leader uh, from this standpoint, launching something new, something innovative, you don't want to jump in the deep end. You want to be a little bit more cautious about it. So we knew that their approach also fitted our business model and our ethos. So there was a lot of like-mindedness there. The fact that Wu is also a global player, uh, as well as us, um, and attracting some of the uh, the larger brands in, on, on Earth, I'm a massive rugby fan, and 
Um, I know that they've got the uh, the All Blacks, for example, uh, which uh, which really excited me. I'm also a uh, as, as South African, so I love to braai, or as you call it, um, or Weber barbecues. So they house a lot of brands that were were close to my heart, um, which was the instant selling point before I even started selling my product. And then also knew that a lot of the merchants that they would be housing were still a little bit nervous about crypto. What is this? Uh, and our product essentially answers that question by it's just a foreign currency transaction. There's no need for anything more overcomplicated than that. It still settles in the same way that you would normally get settled. So yeah, it was the right timing, a great brand to partner with and uh, just uh, to really fit for the ecosystem at the time. Yeah, I'm curious if, um, you know, we look at crypto and just kind of adoption, especially kind of integrating it as a payment. Um, I'm curious on your side in terms of data of your type of users. Like I would imagine, at least from the people I've talked to and the research I've done, like, you know, I'm Gen X, right? So I feel like crypto is a little bit generational in terms of how it's viewed and accepted. Uh, where Gen X is is really the last generation that, um, you know, was born when computers weren't around, right? And they kind of developed as we were growing up where millennials were born with computers around. So it's a little more acceptable with new technologies and, you know, things move a little bit quicker. Whereas, you know, Gen X, maybe and above, like boomers, um, you know, something like crypto is a little bit foreign to them. Um, I would imagine kind of going back to my initial uh, question earlier around just overall acceptance and um, having regulatory and kind of things that people are familiar with in a more traditional banking. Is that kind of what you're seeing, too, where this is, you know, obviously younger crowd, I feel like are quick and loose with technology. They're quick to try anything and see if it works or not, where older generation, there has to be more of that trust factor built into it. Um, And they look at things and can compare them traditionally to how we've always done it, um, which obviously crypto is very different from how we've always done it, right? And it opens a lot of doors, especially globally um, in an e-commerce world. So I'm curious if you see any trends like that or, or, or not in terms of adoption and working with your services. 100%. I mean, if we can liken uh, the uh, the launch of sort of Web3 and cryptocurrency and blockchain to uh, the launch of the internet and websites, with the launch of websites in the in, in the mid nineties, um, you couldn't force anybody to uh, to have a website. Now you can't not have one. So that adoption also took a bit of time. It took a bit of convincing. It took a lot of maturity, but it was nowhere near as complex as what Web three is. Um, I think if you have the audacity to to become an expert in Web three in its entirety, you're deleting everyone, including yourself. And I do see that a lot to answer your question, Brad, which is why we have our own in-house research department. We try and educate people, not on all of it, but on some of it. Um, and we try to speak in normal, sensical terms uh, and demystify it to a large extent uh, and explain it in terms of correlations to other uh, financial products and other financial assets. Because cryptocurrency in, in, in its own right is just another financial asset. Uh, currently, it's being treated as quite taboo. Uh, with our business model, our initial target market was the older, more uneducated, more high net worth individual. I know there are a lot of uh, uh, crypto millionaires and billionaires out there of the of the younger generation, but a large portion of global wealth is, is stored in the older, older generation. And I can just say the fact that our business model took a little bit longer to gain, gain traction than we would have liked did depict exactly what you've said. That being said, it's only a 13-year-old industry, um, still extremely immature. But Instagram is also probably at less than 13 years old and uh, um, has, has, has made more millionaires in its own right than most other social media platforms, I think. So, yes, I, I do see in short that there is a slowness and a less of a willingness to adopt. Um, but that's also one of the big reasons why we've tr- tried to simplify that 
private banking side of our business. Haven 20, it's very index focused. Uh, it's hugely uncomplicated. You can explain it to a layman. Anybody who's got their own retirement annuity or pension fund, it's very closely mirrored to that in terms of risk level associated. Yeah, crypto is a high risk level, but it's a very low risk crypto product. Um, our OTC, very, very simple. You're allocated a private banker. We're on the phone. We're not generally via chat. So it's a, it's, it's a lot more old school. So we, we're taking that extra step to try and pivot that older generation that are uh, slower to adopt and more, uh, I, I guess, cautious. So in short, yeah, de- de- definitely see that trend. Yeah, and, and and I'm 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 sure with obviously the past three years and um, the kind of the with lockdowns and and pandemic and kind of the the obviously seeing how important you mentioned like that online presence is and having your store online, especially for local small businesses. Given what happened, that was the only way many of them stayed um, open is because of you know getting something online to be able to take orders, and then local community wanted to help the local businesses, and in many places you know they help keep them afloat. Um, so I'd imagine that thrusts a lot more businesses online that otherwise maybe wouldn't have. I know it did where I live um, in a lot of the areas. A lot of my favorite places were not online. I couldn't order. I had to, and not just food places either, but, um, you know, just local business in general. So I would imagine that's also helped accelerate too. You're online. Now you start thinking, all right, well, of course I want to accept a credit card, but what else is there? You know, people start asking, like, do you take Bitcoin? You know, do you take Ethereum? And I like to ask in my local community too, sometimes when I'm out and so far I have not found one business that will locally accept it, but <laughs> I certainly can online a little bit. So um, I'm sure just the, the size that I haven't seen any stats, I don't know if anyone on the show has in terms of just e-commerce growth in the past two or three years, but I got to believe it's 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 grown significantly paired to pre-2020. Well, it, it definitely had like a big uh, jump over the years of lockdown, but um, I think the view is that it's going to return to sort of the the mean growth trajectory. You know, a lot of people started businesses in lockdown that were like either temporary or, um, you know, they were experimental or whatever. And a lot of that has closed down as sort of people's behavior returns to normal. But the trend for e-commerce is obviously still up and to the right. And so there's plenty, plenty left in terms of e-commerce growth compared to total retail. Um, so... There's always going to be variations here and there. Uh, let's let's use the term volatility to uh, add in a bit of uh, crypto talk. But um, yeah, I think <laughs> overall, like the important, the most important trend is the sustainable one, and that is like increasing adoption globally. Hey everyone, Bob WP dropping into the show for a short break to tell you more about our two pod friends and to thank them for their amazing support. If you build WooCommerce sites, whether you're a freelancer, small business, or agency, often optimization and maintenance is not something in your game plan. When you hand off the site to your clients, the last thing you want to happen is a disruption with their business and their sales. But MindSize has you covered. Now what's cool about MindSize is that their team of experts will take care of anything from a small site to a complex WooCommerce store giving your clients peace of mind when their customers place an order on their site is such an important piece of the relationship. So keep your clients happy and send them to MindSize for that exceptional service they deserve. You can find them at MindSize.com. For every new client site comes new needs. And if you're looking for that right plugin for that next project, consider checking out the Dot Store. 
the team at the Dot Store developed their plugins for easy customization of your client's sites. You can find solutions for adding extra fees, product attachments, dynamic pricing and discount rules, or product samples. Maybe you need to set up specific shipping for multi-vendor for advanced USPS or perhaps hidden methods for your shipping. They have this and a lot more. But also you can get a Woo bundle that will fill a lot of your build needs in one nice package. So for that next project, why don't you head over to thedotstore.com and give them a try on your next build. Make sure and check out both of these pod friends. And now let's get back to the show. Uh, Jonathan, if, if I may, I just wanted to um, pick up on a couple of terms that you talked about because not everyone might be familiar with them. It's easy for us sort of being in crypto land every day to kind of jargonize. So, um, and you, you mentioned two terms that I'd love you to define. So the first is that you said that you're custodians and the other that you have uh, an OTC desk. So uh, imagining I've never heard of crypto or those terms before, clue me in. Perfect. So a custodian is simply uh, a regulated bulk. So in, in old school terms, if you had to go to the bank with your bag of gold, they would store it in a big steel vault. Essentially, we provide a regulated one of those for cryptocurrency. If you have your uh, crypto stored on a platform, nothing more secure than that. I would say probably 70% plus. Uh, of crypto stolen off platforms or hacked off platforms is due to uh, inefficiencies in internal controls and mismanagement of management. Therefore, if you're a regulated storer of digital assets, you add uh, not only the security layers from a tech standpoint, but also the regulatory um, and external scrutiny of regulators and external auditors to make sure that there's not just uh, one approver of a withdrawal, anyone individual is able to take that crypto off. It's generally a three-person process minimum. It's much more secure, more robust. There's also certain nuances around how you store your keys within that crypto space. So it can't all be with one person. It can't all be in one place. So if we sort of melt it down to the very core of it, it's a big steel vault inside a mountain in Switzerland, how to, uh, in, in old school terms. With, with lots of monkey pictures in it. <laughs> exactly, lots of monkey pictures in it. Perfect. So um, in contrast, to if, if I was just a you know, regular Joe, Joe merchant, I might keep a balance in like a crypto exchange, for example, if I'm receiving crypto and some of that I want to cash out or I want to make um, payments with. I might keep that there. But if I decide that actually I want to build up a little crypto treasury and it becomes an amount that I'm not comfortable leaving on a even a reputable quality crypto exchange, then essentially I have two options. I can take the crypto off and keep it in my own wallet so I can control the keys myself or I can uh, use the services of a custodian. I both have pros and cons, but a lot of large organizations simply aren't set up to, you know, have a hardware wallet locked in a safe somewhere uh, and for that to be worth, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars. So you're providing that sort of that service. So it's a totally different security paradigm from just leaving cash on like crypto on an exchange uh, and it provides a more institutional way 
to secure the crypto than just sort of sticking a ledger under your mattress or something like that, which, uh, you know, individuals might choose to do. Yeah, sorry, just one of the biggest things to mention is that many regulated organizations are mandated by their regulators to hold traditional financial assets outside of their organization, which is just an added element of safety. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And um, OTC, give us, give us the, uh, unpack that TLA for us. <laughs> uh, it simply means over the counter. It mirrors an exchange quite closely. We're a third party. We're not actually invested in any way, shape or form uh, in the fiat or cryptocurrency within our ecosystem. So there's always a willing buyer and willing seller on our platform. Um, we're not making the markets, et cetera. We're also in over-the-counter trading. You're dealing in much larger volumes on our OTC desk. Uh, we generally have a minimum of between ten and twenty thousand uh, US dollars per trade. So it's a higher net worth uh, individual. It's a more of a white glove service. It's more of a hands-on trade. Those are the simple elements that execute OTC. And why would why would I come to you to use uh, OTC? Why do, why would I not just log into an exchange? What are the what are the advantages? First of all, most exchanges, many exchanges out there aren't, aren't wholly regulated. We saw what happened with FTX last year. So there's a lot more security around trading with us. In terms of uh, our service model, uh, we've got a four-tiered uh, service model. So uh, we've got C-level execs on top. I'm uh, the chief commercial officer. Uh, and underneath sits a, uh, a group of regional directors. Underneath that is a group of private bankers, and underneath that is a team of associates. So there is massive fallback and, and constant uh, conversation into, uh, to the entire organization. So at no stage will our CEO, a CEO uh, ever sort of bulk at, uh, at getting on a client call when, when expressly needed. Um, so that direct contact to actual people. I feel like cryptocurrency came in with this massive wave of technological advancement and all of a sudden took people almost out of the equation. So on an exchange, I've traded on many exchanges and it's hard to sometimes get your questions answered and it's hard to, uh, to get it done quickly and easily and efficiently. So it's very much a service and regulation-led model. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And I think one of the themes that's kind of interesting uh, going into 2023 is that people can see more clearly what's a decentralized protocol or network and what's a centralized player uh, within the ecosystem. And uh, we can suddenly understand the value of having, we need centralized parties. Suddenly, like unless uh, you're going to go super all in on crypto, you're going to need to convert uh, fiat money to crypto and back again, uh, like most people are. So if you're going to do that, then... A, like we understand that's always going to be a centralized party because you've got to have a bank account, you've got to be regulated. But B, you've also got to have trust in those organizations. So, yeah, I can see how last year played out well in terms of your market position of uh, coming from that sort of more traditional financial background. Whereas I think it's fair to say all of our other crypto payment processing partners come from crypto specifically. Um, you know, so they're coming from crypto and reaching back into traditional finance uh, and you're kind of coming the other way you know you're coming from traditional finance and you're reaching into the crypto world so uh, i just thought that was a, a really interesting contrast uh, and that it would attract a different subset of folks who are like crypto curious yeah and thanks for clarifying that point dave the, the fiat conversion i mean we had one of uh, uh, the large exchanges announced today that um 
they were stopping any withdrawals under 100,000. Now, like I mentioned, we can execute withdrawals probably 10 to 20,000 uh, US dollars. That's our mandate. It always has been. Um, and all of a sudden, when you're a crypto novice or you've got a, got a few thousand US dollars or a few hundred US dollars that could be very dear to you, all of a sudden you, you have your withdrawals stopped um, as a result of uh, um, the banks being overly cautious or um, certain crypto players doing something potentially nefarious or perceived to be, then, uh, then, then people do crack down. Funny enough, we actually sat a neobank affiliated and wholly owned by one of the local banks here in the, in, in the UAE today um, that are looking to take cautious first steps into uh, offering cryptocurrency to their clients. But once again, buy to hold them and ring fenced in a certain environment. So it's a, it, it's a sort of risk off approach that the traditional banks are taking. So with our regulation and with our model, we do still house one foot in that fiat banking realm and one foot in the crypto realm. So access to fiat is a big one. And when I talk about fiat, we don't uh, don't talk about cars. Just to clarify that jargon, uh, fiat means traditional paper money. I think I'll just stick that box <laughs> yes. to confuse the daylight out of me the first day I heard it. So. Yeah, no worries. And I think if if I may, Brad, Cathy, you just cut me off if um, if I'm going on, but. Something that I find particularly compelling about WooCommerce is like the freedom and the flexibility that it gives people. That comes not only through the technical and licensing nature of the platform, that it's open source, that you can bend and shape it, that you can uh, create whatever your imagination and budget <laughs> can reach, but also the licensing and the freedom um, to, to do that. And so there are obviously advantages to centralized e-commerce platforms. They can do a lot more stuff because they've got all your data and they can move faster because they don't have like a massive community that they need to care about. And so there are definitely advantages uh, to those players in those situations. I think it's also undeniable that for WooCommerce, the opportunity is like that we can give freedom to everyone to transact the way that they want to. And so a lot of people, when they're thinking e-commerce, you know, they're thinking hats and T-shirts, and then they started thinking about, like, you know, buying food online. And But actually, we see a lot of professional services starting to move to an e-commerce model, to online payments. And I can imagine that a partner like Haven Pay is going to be really attractive, perhaps to professional services firms, so lawyers, accountants, even medical who might not be able to use other platforms due to terms of use. They might not be able to use other platforms because they can't create the experiences that they need to for their customers. You know, they want to accept crypto. Perhaps they're in a market where crypto is actually a pretty high percentage of total payments. Uh, maybe they uh, work internationally. It just makes things easier and cheaper for them. Whatever the reason, I can see those sorts of uh, Woo merchants, uh, you know, because they're still part of our broad Woo merchant church being uh, really interested in the sort of the philosophy and background that Haven Pay has. Yeah, I just, I thought it was worth reflecting on that because everyone has their own different view of WooCommerce, much like uh, they do of crypto. And it's, I think it's just healthy to remember that people use WordPress and WooCommerce for an awful lot of things out there. And um, it's always good to make sure that different users can have their requirements met with quality code, but also quality partners in the space. 
Perfect. Thanks, Dave. And uh, yes, speak to your point. We already do have considerable amount of lawyers, digital marketing agencies and, uh, and the like across the consulting industry, et cetera, um, utilizing uh, not only our platform, but our, our, our live payment links as well. So yeah, it definitely does uh, mirror the uh, wearing a suit image um, when you uh, when you onboarding the lawyers and and, uh, and, and consultants of the world. So. Speak their language. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. We're, we're audio only, so for the listeners out there, Jonathan by far looks the uh, the non-developer among us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The rest of us are wearing hoodies. It's probably a lot warmer in Dubai than it is where we are too, so <laughs> we've got that advantage where we're all snuggled it's up. the middle of winter here, and I think it's still, uh, I mean, we've, just, we've just gone close to 7 p.m., and it's... Uh, probably still 23 degrees Celsius outside. So you can imagine what the middle of summer feels like, Kathy. It's a great place to live in winter. It's a, it's a very indoorsy place to live in uh, in summer, but I, yeah, I love it. And talking about the the e-commerce explosion and revolution that Brad was alluding to earlier, especially during COVID. Um, and I think slowly but surely, we're also moving into uh, to the stage where more of those e-commerce players are looking at crypto. Um, we're actually chatting to one of the largest gold and jewelry distributors here. They've got their own e-commerce store, so one of the largest uh, apparel distributors. The excitement is definitely here in the region, extremely crypto-friendly and, and, and very, very progressive from that standpoint. So it's, uh, it's an interesting space to watch. We've done the... I'm very international as well, right? I, yeah, I've, I've met people from every single corner of the world. That's, you know, that's where crypto is a sort of global currency, is a global standard, I think just has advantages. Like how many, how many prices do you display uh, on your site or in your physical shop? Um, you know, if there's just one that everyone can adhere to, I think, you know, there's, there's some magnetism around that, not in every environment, not for every use, but, you know, we've got somewhere that is purposefully global and heterogeneous, then I expect UAE and Dubai and, you know, that, that area are, are rife with folks who have crypto and would just find it easier to know what the price is in that. And honestly, the more often you see it, in you know in Dubai and just other areas, the more uh, accepted it's going to be, right? Like it's just seeing that you know more people using crypto, even if they're not using crypto, if they start to see that as an option throughout sites they use, it starts to go into their head a little bit and say, huh, maybe I do need to get it, you know look into this a little bit more. Maybe I could use this for my own store, whatever it might be. So just it's kind of like the WooCommerce adoption, and prior to that was WordPress adoption. It's like as bigger players started using it, it kind of validated it for everybody else and said, okay, this is a great option. Let's start using it. And now it's kind of taken over the web. So um, I expect nothing different with crypto as more people see it out there and get comfortable seeing it. And with great services uh, like Haven uh, that give them that, that peace of mind through your regulatory items and, uh, and the security scans as well. So I was just looking at Haven Pay on the WooCommerce products, um, just looking at the plugin. And there's so much here that I just wanted to underscore and ask a question about. Um, so this is really interesting because of all of the things that we've talked about, how you are trusted, regulated, secured. Um, I wanted to just bring up one thing that I saw here about um, anti AML or anti-money laundering software that you use. I wanted to highlight that because of just 
the audience that I think your product specifically addresses. So I wanted to, you to just have some space to talk about what that means. And then also just highlight some of the security aspects of Haven Pay. And just because obviously someone's going to be setting up an account with Haven Pay in order to take payments through the plugin that they have on their WooCommerce store. So I wanted you to just give me just give an overview of what this all entails and um, sort of the security aspects. Yeah, so in terms of anti-money laundering, the anti-money laundering element of cryptocurrency is is hugely superior to that of uh, traditional finance and traditional fiat. The blockchain is 100% auditable and it's it's a public ledger, so everybody can view it. There are products out there, Chainalysis, uh, Merkle Science, and there are a few others that when a coin of cryptocurrency or a payment of cryptocurrency comes into our ecosystem, we can check that literally all the way back to it when it originally minted. Now that gives us a huge amount of security and any time that a coin is used for uh, uh, for purchases on a black market or uh, for any sort of nefarious activity or hacked off an exchange or embezzled by a senior management of, a, of, of an exchange that's gone under, this software can place a tag or a marker on this currency. If it comes into your uh, ecosystem, it's automatically flagged. Once it's flagged, a manual check is done. We find that the vast majority of cryptocurrency coming into our ecosystem is clean because uh, it's not the type of clientele we generally attract and none of the industries that we marry to uh, are hugely, not usually nefarious, nefarious in any sense the, uh, the, the word. But when it does come in, uh, in that sort of obscure case, uh, we then do a, a manual check by our compliance team. So we've got an in-house compliance team. And we run it again through the AML software to form uh, additional checks and more in-depth analysis. Uh, as per regulation, you've got to check that coin six hops back. So we don't always have to check it all the way back to its industry. It can get, it's get a little bit cumbersome, but uh, that's essentially what anti-money laundering gives you. And that auditability of cryptocurrency and the, uh, the, the use cases of blockchain just uh, really come to the fore with, uh, with that type of AML product. Um, it's a hugely exciting product. Um, they're adding something on there, Kathy, called, uh, called the travel rule. Um, now, from a regulatory standpoint, we will have to start complying with the travel rule. And essentially, a cryptocurrency wallets are numbers and letters uh, as we speak. But as you KYC or uh, give your documents across to the uh, exchange or OTC desk that you're trading with um, when you're onboarding, that uh, regulated entity would have to share your documents with the regulator, much like banking would. Therefore, my numbers and zeros from a wallet standpoint gets attached to Jonathan Wood um, as opposed to ones and zeros. And as you link more accounts or open more accounts with more regulated entities, your wallets have more tags. And then if you've got a MetaMask wallet or a Ledger wallet that's, uh, that, that's not on any exchange, the software can start creating algorithms that see where I'm constantly sending my money to, what I'm doing with it. And it's, it, it's a lot more traceable than one would think um, and it's going to only get more traceable um, and more secure and more robust i mean the, the, from a blockchain standpoint with that type of anti-money laundering the technology the additional banking system it's only a matter of years before the big machines start pivoting and moving a little bit more and then in terms of uh, registration and onboarding it's a simple process with us much like you would onboard with any uh, PSP out there or payment services provider out there um, or any bank, really. 
Uh, we do require uh, certain documents um, from from company owners, corporation docs, and just um, lists of uh, directors and shareholders. This is standard when onboarding with a financial institution. And as we are a financial institution um, and we settle normal money with you into a bank account, these things are required from us and unfortunately a, a, a non-negotiable. It is somewhat strict, the fact that there's a, there's, there's a very credible team uh, and a fairly easy register button on our website uh, where people can go and, uh, and log their credentials and, uh, and engage with us. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's a huge differentiator for Haven to be able to offer that as a service, especially for businesses where that's incredibly important. Um, so I think it's, it's, that just kind of struck my eye as something that was um, something we should talk about. So if somebody wanted to learn more about Haven, get started with getting this on their WooCommerce storefront, where, where should they go? So directly onto the WooCommerce, um, but uh, we also like people to come directly onto our, our website, uh, havenglobal.com. We also, our main social media uh, is LinkedIn, it's very business focused, and, and we are moving into the realm of uh, of, of Instagram. Um, so yeah, um, Haven and Haven Research uh, on, on, on LinkedIn, havenglobal.com for the website and Haven, H-A-Y-V-N on, on Instagram. So uh, yeah. Got a, looking forward to engaging with the wider Woo community. Yeah, and I'd also recommend that you sign up for Haven's newsletter. That you all do a great job of putting out webinars and research. So if you're not convinced yet by this whole kind of crypto payments, you've got the chance to educate yourself. And Haven are coming at this from that institutional financial background. So if that's the kind of language that you're comfortable in then that's a great way to just like keep an eye on what's going on. And uh, if and when the time comes to push the button, then you'll be well-placed. You'll know what's going on a lot better. You won't be coming into it brand new. So this is uh, it can be a series of small steps to go from no crypto to crypto. We're not saying it's uh, the right thing for everyone to do overnight, but um, there's some really interesting stuff that happens in the space and uh, Haven's a great place to keep an eye on it. I just signed up. Perfect. Thank you, Dave. I'm excited. I'm really excited about what Haven is bringing to the table with crypto payments and um, just the the way all of the T's are crossed and the I's are all dotted. I am so glad that you took the time today, Jonathan, to come and share all of this incredible knowledge with the WooCommerce community. And I can't wait to see some stores. Hey, you guys, if you're listening, go check this out and ping me personally. I want to see your store using uh, Haven Pay because that would be really interesting, I think, for for Brad and Dave. And we're just going to have a party and celebrate everybody who's uh, who's using Haven Pay because this, this sounds really cool. So we're going to wrap it up. Thanks, uh, Brad, Jonathan, Dave, for joining us today on Do the Woo. Uh, we'll have probably some more. I'm going to bother Bob to make sure that he has way more crypto episodes because I'm learning something every day that we get together. Thank you guys so much for being here. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Thanks, Kathy. Thanks, Brad. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. It's great. I hope these crypto payment series episodes give you a better understanding how they work with WooCommerce and maybe get through a bit of that fluff and drama you hear out there. So I'd like to give one more shout out to our two pod friends. When it comes to optimization and maintenance services, put your clients in the capable hands of MindSize.com. And for those special needs when enhancing your next client build, the dot store, 
Wu-Plugins.com has a great selection of Woo plugins to help you easily customize your client sites. And as we move forward in this series, once a month, Brad, Kathy, and Dave are going to be stepping even further into the tech world and how WooCommerce plays into it. It could be as broad as Web3 or as specific as crypto or AI or how many other numerous emerging trends out there that will be affecting our ecosystem. So stay tuned and remember, keep on doing the woo.